Hi, I'm Miranda. And I'm Stephanie. Welcome to Women Don't Do That. The podcast where we interview women who are change makers and risk takers and reflect on our meaningful conversations. This episode of Women Don't Do That is a conversation that's close to my heart. My guest is Jessica Jansen Olstad, who in November of 2016 watched her six-month-old son, Lewiston, pass away from a rare genetic disease. Knowing the horror of losing a child is something Jessica and I wish we did not have in common, but we do. And Jess is someone who has inspired me on my own journey. What I love about Jess is how she owns her story and has chosen to use it for good in all kinds of meaningful ways. Jessica and her husband, Ronnie, are business owners and parents to three beautiful children, including Lewiston, whose memory they honor through their life and work every day. It's no question that Jessica is a change maker. And as I wrote in this week's blog post, a badass mother with wisdom to share on choosing joy and resilience. I hope you enjoy our conversation as much as we did. Well, Jessica, a friend told me about you close to two years ago, I guess now, when my my son Brody passed away. And I reached out to you on Instagram. I remember you responded right away and you just opened the door wide open for me to connect with you. I just felt your authenticity, even through that message. And I didn't really have the strength at that time to follow up, but I did follow you on social media and was inspired by your joy, your sadness, I guess just the honesty of what you shared. Seeing someone who was further down the path than me on the journey was really helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just want to start by just opening it up to you to share your story, however you would like to go back, however many years you would like to go back and, Mm -hmm. and share whatever feels good. The mic is yours. Thanks. Um, Thank you so much for having me. It's always an honor when people want to hear our story and then I think help spread it. Uh, We truly want to own our story because it's the one that we've been gifted with. And we know that we have a choice in how we we use the experiences that we've had to help other people. And unfortunately, we're not the only ones that have experienced infant loss. uh, And losing a child is something no one should have to go through, especially so when they're so young, but it's sometimes just people's reality. And so knowing that you're not alone in that is somewhat comforting. But my husband and I met in 2010. His story is crazy. He had a severe drug overdose and was addicted to some major drugs um, and uh, overused alcohol really bad. So we overcame that, ended up getting engaged and married. And our first year of marriage was very challenging. I think dealing with the reality of like living together and sharing a world and merging everything, we just weren't fully prepared for that. Kind of made it through that. Well, we are almost on the brink of divorce, actually. Um, mm-hmm. Thankfully, I have amazing parents that really um, guided and counseled us. And we're like, you don't just give up. And we went to a counselor and the counselor's like, go get some real problems, um, <laughs> which was like... I guess- I, I guess you did. <laughs> oh, we did. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, we laugh about it to this day because I totally had forgotten about that moment in our marriage. But he was just like, what you guys are dealing with is peanuts. Like, figure this out. Like, go be mature adults. Like, roll up your sleeves and just make it work. And shortly after that counseling session, we found out we were pregnant with our daughter, Swayze, um, which was amazing. I transitioned out of um, a corporate six 
bigger job where I was like wanting to climb my way to the top of the ladder and just started doing some consulting. She came along. I didn't return back to work, obviously, because I was self-employed. And then crazily enough, got pregnant with our son, Lewiston, um, at like four months post uh, my daughter. So our kids, um, when Lewiston was born, they were 13 months apart, basically, to the day. (laughs) Um, Almost Irish twins. So it was crazy. And he was born healthy. And then in July, we were on vacation in Winnipeg. My husband had driven back to Calgary. I was going to stay another week or two just because I had the extra support of my mom and two kids under like 15 months is a lot. And so I was happy to have all the extra help. But um, unfortunately, my son went limp and I didn't really fully notice it. I was on my way. I was at a chiropractor to get help for colic, what I thought was colic. And she was like, your son's really limp, having a hard time breathing. You should go to children's. And I was like, what? Anyways, I was super casual about the whole thing, didn't suspect anything. We spent six days in Winnipeg, and they came up with no answers. We ran every test underneath the sun. We flew back to Calgary after getting released from Winnipeg and then started the round of testing all over again. And I have, for the last now 13 years, invested time with um, families with spinal muscular atrophy, more specifically one family. They have two kids here in Calgary, both with SMA, um, which is spinal muscular atrophy. And right before we had left on our vacation to Winnipeg, we had raised $50,000 for a wheelchair accessible van. I've taken them to my parents' farm in Winnipeg, taken them on trips, you know, had sleepovers, done all that with them. And someone's like, have you tested Lewiston for SMA? And when they said that, I just knew that that's what he had. And so in August, um, he was about two and a half months now at this time, we got the diagnosis, the confirmation that he did have um, spinal muscular atrophy. What we weren't prepared for was that the kids I looked after had SMA type 2. And I knew about SMA, but I didn't know necessarily the severities of the types. The beautiful thing about this disease, if you can call it beautiful, I do, um, is that it doesn't affect the mind. So these kids are super sharp and bright and able to comprehend everything and have normal interactions. Just their muscles and bodies are really weak. But our doctor gave us the low blow that um, Lewiston probably wouldn't make his first birthday because he was diagnosed so early and, um, yeah, would pass probably within the year. And I remember asking her, I was like, how smart are you? Like, what was your, like, like, how did you score on your final medical test? Like, are you like pretty accurate or she's like, yeah, my diagnosis is usually very right. And she is a specialist in this field here in Calgary, an amazing lady. We couldn't have done our journey without her, but, um, they diagnosed him and he passed away six, um, just three days shy of his six month birthday. So it was a total whirlwind. We lived in the hospital on the unit in ICU and then back to Rotary Flames House at Calgary. We're really fortunate. Um, has an amazing children's hospital, but it also has a children's hospice, which not all cities have in Canada and a beautiful facility where we could live as a family, but also have 24 hour nursing and doctor care. That's and so wonderful. It, it's a gift. It honestly is such a gift. Yeah. You don't want any family to ever have to use a children's hospice, but um, it just eases the burden. And we weren't prepared to have the deaths in our house just because um, we needed so many helping hands to be able to make it through the journey. And he needed constant 24-hour care. And so, yeah, he passed and um, it was really horrible, but we were also very much so prepared for it. We continued to pray for a miracle up until kind of his last breath, but 
I think if you have to let somebody go, we were able to do it in a really beautiful way. And we find so much comfort knowing he's up in heaven, not suffering anymore. And we've chosen to use his story to impact others and do some really cool stuff. Wow. So much there. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Um, there's just so many moments during that where I kind of get shivers almost. I just read this weekend about the connection that you shared about the two children you worked with, with SMA and the fundraising you did for them. Some people would call that irony. Some people Mm -hmm. would call that serendipity. What do you, what do you make of that? I did a blog post and it was called, I think, crazy, like just crazy. Like, and I think I wrote it, I wrote it the day that we got the confirmation of the diagnosis. Like I, for me now it's okay. I'm like, okay, God got the freaking memo. Like, I think, you know how we always are like, if God could just send me an email and make it like abundantly (laughs) clear about what I'm meant to do, or if I could just have clear direction. And I truly feel that was my clear direction was, is like, this is the arena that you now need to play in. It was like, haven't I done enough for the community? Like, didn't I, I did fundraisers. I sacrificed my time and my finances and I did all these things while other friends were vacationing and doing stuff. I think you can let your mind wander there, but I also know that it's a privilege to take care of them, um, that they've changed and shaped who I am and, and they make me a better person. And so when my own son got the diagnosis, it was just confirmation that this is where I need to play and how I need to play. And when I mean play, it's like part of my purpose is Mm -hmm. to help fund a cure, to provide treatment and to help these kids find joy and, and purpose in their own lives. I also really connected with what you said uh, about that moment where you got the diagnosis. Nothing prepares you for that. I remember when we got Brody's diagnosis, he was diagnosed with a rare a genetic disease. The doctor told me what that meant and that he would likely have a very poor quality of life and may not survive. And and I just looked at him and I said, uh, do you believe in miracles? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you say? You can't, you just, there's nothing in you that wants to accept that. I think everything mm-hmm. in you wants is screaming, no, 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 no. This is a bad dream and I'm just going to mm-hmm. wake up. I think what you've done, you know, you come to terms with it and you decide you have this message that you put out, you know, run towards the roar. Mm-hmm. And I, I really connected with that when I heard that because it's like, okay, this is painful. This is, this is going to hurt so much, but I'm not going to numb. I'm not going to pretend that it isn't what it is. I'm, I'm going to see it for what it is and I'm going to find beauty in my life anyway and choose joy and, and gratitude when I can. Right. And mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I love that you've gone and, and that you are running this large organization now, Love for Lewiston. And yep. maybe you could share a little more about that, about the fundraising you've done and the events you've done, I know, on his first birthday. But instead of having a pity party, you said you were going to have a dance party. And mm-hmm. I love that. So if you could tell us a bit about that. Yeah. So in the hospital in, in August, um, when Lewiston um, was with us in 2016, they gave us kind of like, here's the paper handout on what SMA is. And I knew all about it. Basically prepared us for the road that we were going to go down and what it looked like and probably talked for two hours and just like what next steps were. And they left the room. We were with Lewiston. And I just, we, me and my husband both broke down because, I mean, how do you like thanks a lot. My son's dying and Mm -hmm. I have less than, you know, eight months to make his life. Like what, what? And that's, you know, that news is news you never hope to hear. I was just like, we all are going to die. And I fully realized that. And I was like, you know what, if, uh, 
if we are going to die, let's make this great. Let's make his life count and make the moments joyful. And we're going to stick together in this. And so we really made a pact that day that no matter what, we're going to choose joy and make it really important to us. And so after he passed, that really kind of trickled into our life. I think we've done a really great job in getting through grief because we've allowed other people to help carry our burden. Joanna Gaines has this quote in her office and she's like, um, the load only, and I'm not going to quote this right, but it's like the load only breaks you down when you don't know how to carry it or you don't share the burden with others. And we allowed other people to help share our burden and carry our load. And that made a huge difference. And so in March of 2017, um, four months after Lewiston passed, we started getting asked, like, you know, is there anything we can do special for Lewiston's birthday? And we knew that we wanted to give back to Alberta Children's Hospital and to obviously fund research for um, SMA. And so we're like, let's host a birthday party. And we brainstormed and came up with all these crazy ideas, decided on a live auction. Um, we went to our accountant and we're like, hey, this is what we're going to do. And she was like, you should really make a society if you're going to raise more than like, I think it was ten or $15,000. And I was like, I don't know, our plan's like $10,000. we will see what happens. Because <laughs> like I calculated the ticket sales and blah, blah, blah. And we ended up filling out the paperwork. And never in my mind was I like, we're going to have this massive organization and, you know, we're going to run this big foundation. But what started off as something just really small and a way to honor Lewiston and his legacy and inspire their people has turned into the Love for Lewiston Foundation. And so in about 18 months since its inception, we've raised over $386,000. Amazing. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah. This year will be so close to... Uh, we'll be up, I, I think, towards three quarters of a million of, uh, dollars, which is really, really exciting. Yeah. So we host these epic events. It all started with Lewiston's birthday, which was meant to be a dance party and to raise money and do good and inspire people to live better lives. Um, inspire people like we have legs that work. I just saw this thing on Instagram where it's like, I hate my legs. It's like, oh, you hate them because they take you places and get things done for you. You know, where you're like, oh, yes. my legs are so fat yes. or so cellulite or so hairy or veiny. Um, and I, yeah. yeah, that's been like a huge thing for us. And so um, we have a board of directors. We are like official and we're applying for a charitable status in Canada. It's a little bit more difficult than one would think. But we are doing amazing things, buy new wheelchairs, um, help families with medical needs and bills, as well as plug money back into research. And we're in the final stages of doing a newborn screening here in Alberta. And we'll be the first province to implement this if we get approval from the board of directors from Alberta Children's Foundation. If that happens, we truly believe that other provinces will jump on board because if this can be detected at birth, um, there's life-changing treatment for these kids to totally have a different life. Wow. And SMA, correct me if I'm wrong, is one in every 6,000 births? Is that yeah, or- that, that number is about right. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty crazy. And there's more and more kids getting diagnosed each day. And some of them are getting undiagnosed until it's mm-hmm. too late. Mm-hmm. Lewiston, yeah. a, a prime example, is this treatment that's out there. A little boy in Ontario, pretty much the exact same age, got diagnosed at the same time. And because Ontario was approved site for it was a clinical trial and then a trial, it wasn't 
fully approved yet, but this little boy got treatment. He's still alive and like making coffee with his mom in the morning and sitting on the counter and has this beautiful life. And Lewiston's up in heaven um, and probably only received the treatment a month and a half, two months later. And it just shows you how critical timing is to be able to make a difference in these kids' lives. No, that is significant. Um, In Manitoba, and I honestly, I don't know how it is throughout the different provinces in Canada, but they had newborn screening for a whole suite of genetic diseases, including the one that Brody was diagnosed with. And he very likely might not have, you know, lived longer than, I I mean, I don't know, it's hard to say, Mm -hmm. but he might never Mm -hmm. have made it home from the hospital. I don't know how we ever would have gotten him home from the hospital without a diagnosis because the treatment changed everything. And I mean, we had 16 really very good months with him um, because of that treatment. Mm-hmm. And I won't go into my whole story. I mean, we're, we're here to hear your story, but uh, that newborn screening can absolutely change lives. So that's that's huge. Yeah. My husband's been spearheading that project, which is so amazing. Uh, you know, we all grieve and hurt in a different way, but he's really championed making that happen. So we'll hopefully know mid to end of March if it's fully gone through. Okay. And your goal, I think I read for 2019, is to raise $400,000. That's right. We're yeah. crazy. I wanted to go for half a million, but our board was like, you're having a baby. Because <laughs> you're pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so exciting. Um, and the, a lot of the majority of the events and what we do does rest on me. I'm learning to ask for help, but it's just like some things are just, you know, I have to do them. Um, so we're just trying to be realistic, but... Um, every year we've set a goal and then majorly surpassed the goal. And I'm going to give myself a ton of grace this year. If we rate only raise $300,000, it's $300,000 that um, maybe wouldn't have been raised for the cause before. Um, but yeah, our goal is 400000 I like to crush stuff. So um, <laughs> Lord willing, um, praying I have a really easy baby. We're going to go for 400000 and I couldn't be more excited. Right on. Well, I ordered my gray scoop neck love for Lewis yeah. sweater to, uh, awesome. to do what I can. And I, I saw a picture of Rachel Hollis with her daughter, Noah, in your, one of your love for Lewiston kids sweaters. Yeah. How did you feel when you saw that? That's a pretty big win. It was a huge win. So we have a clothing line um, that's locally made here in Calgary currently. Um, and it has Lewiston's messages. So life lessons that Lewiston has taught us. So um, there's one that just has the heart on it, which is like making sure this heart kind of isn't this perfect heart, but it's like that heart represents Lewiston. Kids will call it the Lewiston heart, which is so sweet and it means to take time for love. No matter what's going on in your life, you need to carve that time out. We have Run Towards Roar, which is um, I've taken that from Levi Lesko. I can't take credit for that. Um, he lost his daughter. He's a pastor out of Montana um, and has this beautiful analogy And then um, we have dance party because we believe dance parties make everything better. Um, Mm -hmm. We had lots of dance parties at Lewiston in the hospital. We had a dance party every day. So nurses, doctors, staff were always invited. Um, And that kept the mood light because I believe that joy can be brought to death. And so that's what that's about. We have a joy line coming out. So just some really cool things. To get back to the question, um, (laughs) Ronnie and I, my husband and I, we call him Hot Ronnie. We 
went on a marriage conference. I booked it without telling him. Um, I put her business <laughs> it's bank account. It's easier to ask for forgiveness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't too stoked when he noticed that our business bank account was in overdraft because our credit cards were maxed out because of just how our business works. Um, so I put our credit card, or paid off some of the balance in the credit cards by putting the business account into overdraft. Um, and I was like, hey, honey, we're going to Austin, Texas to go uh, to Rachel and Dave's uh, marriage conference rides together. I just knew I had to bring it and it was like a risk. But we just wrote them a card because I think grief is crazy. It's up and down and emotional and you're doing great one week and the next day you're, you know, on the bottom of your kitchen floor and can barely breathe. I Thankfully, I have less of those moments than more of those. But I just knew I needed to invest in our marriage and I'd started, stumbled upon Rachel's book. You'd seen it kind of on social media. And then she kind of gave me the courage to like make some big changes in my life. And I was like, look at this mom who's like running a business and impacting people and, you know, doing, doing the things and doing them well. Um, and so I just had a lot of respect. So when we flew down there, I'm like, I'm going to bring her our clothing line. And I sent Dave a message because Dave had posted a picture of Noah in it as well. And I just was like, you have no idea how cool it is. Um, my son passed away. This clothing line's in honor of him. And to see Lewiston's message spread throughout, that's truly what we hope is that people see the clothing, they ask the question, and they're inspired to live a better life, to choose movement, to bring joy, to spread love, um, and to live unstuck and and just make the most of it because that's truly what Lewiston taught us. And so if that picture and having Miss Noah Hollis uh, spreads to other people asking some questions or ordering clothing themselves, um, the mission is accomplished. And of course, a portion of proceeds goes back towards Children's Hospital and SMA Research. So it's pretty cool. Wow. I think you're going to, I think you're going to make your $400,000 total. I have confidence in you. It's going to be good. And I agree with you for an easy baby. (laughs) Oh, amen. Is your baby easy? Yes. He is so delightful. I mean, just a lot of people have said to me, like, you deserve this. You know, this is totally just, you deserve this. We're so happy for you that you have this happy, happy, healthy baby. So I, I hope that for you as well. My recent prayer has been like, hey, God, I think you owe me one. The last (laughs) one wasn't a walk in the park. Could you throw me a bone? Um, And in like one sense, you're kind of laughing and kidding about it. And then the other sense, there's like serious to it. A little bit of, yes. Yeah, hey, God, we had to put our life on hold. Like that was kind of crazy. And my daughter's so easy. She's like an amazing like little cakewalk in the park. I mean, I totally taught her toddler tantrums and all of that, but um, she's really great for the most part, but I like jokingly had this conversation all the time where I'm like, okay, this one better be easy. The last one was like pretty complicated. So mm-hmm. I feel yeah. Yeah. No, it's going to be good. You're going to have a great year. Okay. We are going to talk about switching gears just a little bit. Yeah. What you mentioned about, you know, people complaining about their legs on the internet and this and that mm-hmm. and their cellulite. And I, that's absolutely a pet peeve of mine too, because I mean, I remember even when I was in the eighth grade and just all, all of that was happening and I started feeling really bad about myself. I remember having this moment where I was like, all right, I might be short. I might have things about myself that I don't like, but I can move. I have two good legs at work and I'm going to feel good about my body and I'm just going to mm-hmm. be thankful for what I have, right? And, and I think that's such an important message. And uh, you, uh, I guess in 2017, you did some swimsuit modeling for oh, yeah. <laughs> Swimco. Yeah. 
And yeah. you, you, you wrote that that was one of the hardest and scariest things you've ever done, which, you know, you've just shared your story. You've done some hard, scary things, mm-hmm. <laughs> but that was still, you know, you said one of the scariest things you've ever done. So talk to us about that experience. So first off, I, I'd say a huge shout out to Swimco. This is not an ad or a sponsored thing by them, but they are a Canadian company. They're based out of Calgary and they have chosen just to take a stance so they use actual people that are not models, just like us, found on Instagram, maybe have a big platform, maybe don't, like into fitness, maybe not into fitness, but like living their lives because they sell swimsuits to people of all shapes and kinds, not just five foot 10, 115 pound swimsuit models with six packs that don't have Look kids. Look good in every swimsuit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And don't have like a team of people bronzing them and fluffing their hair and doing all of that when they walk out. So um, a huge shout out to Swimco for choosing to do things differently. I think there's so much power and impact in that. So they asked me really randomly. I thought it was spam because they're like, <laughs> trip to Hawaii. And I was like, ha ha, good one, guys. But for some reason, I was like, oh, this actually, I knew the CEO's name because she's um, well-known in Calgary. And the invite came from her. So I was like, maybe this is legit. So I opened the attachment and they're like, hey, in six weeks, we want to fly out to Hawaii for all expenses paid trip and put you in swimwear. Uh, we love your platform and what you stand for. And I was like, free trip to Hawaii? Sure, I'm in. But in preparing for that, you only had six weeks from the time that they asked you. And you're like, okay, I've, I've got to lose 20 pounds. I'm going to get a six-pack. And then I was like, oh, my gosh. And literally in the invite, they're like, please don't feel you have to lose weight or change anything. We're choosing you for you. And I, oh, I felt love that. That's yeah. Mm-hmm. Isn't that awesome? Like they weren't yeah. like, oh, by the way, can you cut seven pounds? <laughs> um, they said the exact opposite. I mean, I did work out very hard and I was working out with some guys that have a gym here and I was like, dudes, I'm going to be in a bikini. Um, and now my joke is, is like, I'm waiting for Sports Illustrated to call me as like, whenever you're ready, Sports <laughs> Illustrated, like give me a phone call. But that was an opportunity to take a stance for all of the everyday moms that don't have time to be obsessed with fitness and work out 10 times a week and eat clean. I think people really connect with me because I'm super real and my life is like their life. You have kids, you're busy, you're on the go and you work out when you can and your health is important, but it's also not obsessive. And so being that realistic piece. And I think that was the really, um, really cool thing. It was terrifying because you had a team of people, two photographers, two videographers, the makeup person, plus all of the Swimco team directing the shoot And you're not shooting in remote locations. Like we shot on the beach. So everybody's like looking at you. And the first things that came to my head was like, these people are probably thinking like, why do they have the fat girl in the bikini? Like, how is she she a model? Like that's what Mm. comes to your head. Yeah. Those voices, right? Yeah. Yeah. And Mm. so you totally, I had to drown out the negativity and uh, the first little bit, like the first swimsuit they gave me to wear, I was like, barf. It's like what you lap swim in, like what you're (laughs) training for. And I laughed because they're like, just so you know, you're modeling for the older category for like the swimsuits for the 40 to 60 year olds. And I was only 30. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, do I look that old? But that's just how it shoots in in all reality, how they do it. Plus, the girl that shot more of my age, she had much perkier boobs than me. Uh, <laughs> I had had two children, so they're not quite where they used to be. But it was really you looked great. I will say you looked fantastic. They're beautiful photos. They're stunning yeah. photos. And so, two things that I hope every woman can hear is one: um, I had two hours spent on hair and makeup, 
every day. And the makeup artist followed me around and bronzed me. They did not um, airbrush any of the photos. And I wanted to make that abundantly clear that they weren't like giving me a six pack or trimming my arms down or Mm. like squeezing in my thighs. What the picture is, is the true picture. But also the other thing is they used a very talented photographer. And I think if you ever compare a picture taken by a professional photographer and then what you would take on your iPhone, it's just crazy how different it's captured. And so having those great moments captured by someone amazing, it really did make me feel good. And I just love that I was able to be a part of it. I didn't have to lose 20 pounds. I could just be me and show girls that someone that's like 150 to 160 pounds, who's had two kids, whose boobs maybe weren't as perky as they were five years ago, um, that you can still be great. And I believe a beautiful body is a body that's put to use, whatever that is. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been given legs um, that move and arms that move and a heart that beats and lungs that have breath in them. So I want to use that. And I also want to inspire people not to sit on the sidelines just because they don't look like a Sports Illustrated model. Go and enjoy because no one at a funeral has ever been like, she looked amazing in a bathing suit. And, you know, like, that's not (laughs) That's why we loved her. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And so just to share that message was uh, one of the greatest honors of my life. Nerve wracking for sure, but a huge honor. Well, thank you for sharing that. I I read that you you did have a bit of a journey with weight loss before you had kids too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was like uh, almost I was pushing 200 pounds. I was just big and puffy and had some health issues and didn't eat great and drank like eight diet Pepsis a day like it was bad um, and didn't fuel my body properly. And I'm really good between 150 and 160 pounds. I don't like talking about numbers, but I think some all of us think that we have to be like 125, you know. Um, I'm a bigger girl size eight most of the time, um, with a big butt and some strong legs, but it took me figuring out what works best for my body and learning how to eat healthy for my body. Pregnancy is really tough because I'm not one of those like super cute petite girls with this like awesome little belly that just pops. Like I get big everywhere. My daughter told me last week, she goes, good job, mommy. Your butt's getting bigger. Um, (laughs) and I was like, yes, yes. yes, Good for me. Yeah. Um, and you just see how like body image is already starting at this young of an age. She's almost four. Um, so it was totally a journey just in learning how to eat healthy, how to fuel my body, what works best for me. Um, I try to follow the 80, 20 rule. Um, I'm not obsessive, especially right now in pregnancy. It was a rough pregnancy where for a couple of weeks, I literally just ate potato chips cause I needed salt and was so nauseous. Mm-hmm. Nothing else would oh, stay down. Absolutely. Me the first month. Yeah. Pringles, right. Still yeah. That was yeah. my go-to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so just being really realistic about it. And for me, it's like, I don't need to be a certain weight, but I know what's a healthy weight for me. Um, and then just taking care of my body because, um, I see people who are, don't have the ability to move or can't walk or can't do the things that I can do. And so I think truly honoring that with movement is really important too. Yeah, that's good. That's such a good message. I mean, I don't think you need to lose a child to recognize that life is precious, that you should embrace it and be grateful for what you have. But when you do, uh, I think you either choose to become or you either choose to become a more positive person or you somewhat accidentally become a more negative person. And I think clearly you've chosen just to become an even more joyful, positive, full of life person, right? It's Mm -hmm. like, let's make the most of this. Uh, what is next for you, Jessica? I've heard that you're working on a book. 
can you tell us how how that's coming together and uh, going with that? Yeah, oh, I've only been working on this book since 2014. It's now 2019. Um, well, take time. It's okay. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm at this the point where I really don't enjoy it because it's editing and I hate editing. But um, I felt called to write a book and share about Ronnie and mine's story originally because I think there's a lot of power and goodness in how we have made our marriage work and the hurdles that we've overcome. Um, and I've just realized there's such power in sharing your story where people maybe are struggling with it too and looking for a place to connect and be like, oh, that's us too, where we've had somewhere something similar and now look at that they're out of it. So you're kind of like looking for a piece of hope and so really wanted to share that. And I'm really passionate about following the nudges of your heart. That's where a lot of, that is where the most amazing things of my life have come out of and following those nudges and the choices that we make and the joy that it brings. And that's truly what this book is encompassing. So I am in the final stages of editing. I'm at like 50,000 word count um, and just trying to make sure that it's readable. Um, When I graduated high school, I had a grade like five reading level and writing level. So I just, it wasn't my strong suit, never learned how to spell or do grammar. Right? So I really struggled with that. And so I've had to work really hard at it. But the book is going to come out sometime in 2019. I was really hoping for Lewiston's birthday party, but there's a lot of editing involved and I don't want to rush it. I've waited this long, so I really want to make sure the timing's right. I'm really excited just to be able to have our full story and especially a huge component of that is now Lewiston and all of the lessons that he's taught us. And so it really goes through, like I said, those nudges, the choices and the joy that we can have and uh, looking forward to spreading that message around the world and hopefully inspiring people to live a little bit bigger, a little bit better and being unstuck. That sounds sounds excellent. Can you tell us who is publishing it? Can you give us any of those details? Um, This is probably the funnest story. Um, So Lewiston passed away in November. And in January, my girlfriend's like, you need to get away. Like, you just got to go. And we decided to do this girl's trip down to L.A. Like, get off the plane. We get into our Uber. Lewiston's song is playing. It's Can't Stop the Feeling by Justin Timberlake. On the Saturday, we finish our workout. We had gone for a run on the beach, gone for a workout, gone for an expensive lunch. And we're walking. And we're like, let's grab coffee. And we walked into this coffee shop. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like starstruck. And we're in Venice Beach on Abbott Kinney Road. There's like probably like 50 coffee shops. So we could have gone into any one of them. But for some reason, decided on Intelligentsia. There was lions on the wall, which like Lewiston is lion. And that's a huge part of our story. So I was like, oh, that's crazy. And I looked across the bar and there's this guy sitting there. I was like, oh my gosh, you guys, that's Chad Veach. And I just finished reading his book and I followed him on Instagram, which is how I recognized him. And we struck up this conversation. So long story short, Chad invites us to his church, which was on my list of churches to go to. He's like, we'll save you seats. Like, here's my cell phone number. However, we can help you. Like, incredible story. And the next day when I was at Chad's church, he was like, I was telling him, I'm like, thanks. I'm actually writing a book of my own. And he goes, do you have an uh, agency? I said, no, actually, I don't. He's like, you need Esther. I got to get you in touch with Esther. And so I was like, okay. Not thinking too much about it, but then decided to take him up on his offer. So after an email exchange back and forth, he introduced me to the Fed agency in Austin, Texas. And my husband, I copied him, blind copied him on the email. He set up a surprise meeting for my birthday that year in August. Took me to Austin, Texas. Took me to Waco to go see Joanna Gaines in Magnolia. 
and then set up a surprise meeting um, behind the scenes with the Fed agency team. And so I am self-publishing because nobody knows who I am. Um, I bawled at the airport because my husband surprised me with this trip. And he was like, I'm taking you to Texas because I want you to finish your book. And I know how important it is to share your story. And um, wow. the Fed agency has just been so supportive. So I don't have a set publisher yet. It will be self-published. I will be putting a call out on my Instagram to pre-order a book so I can actually pay to make this project happen. Yes. Because <laughs> um, it's really expensive to mm-hmm. do everything, but um, we're really excited. Good for you. Mm. Well, Jessica, thank you for everything you've shared today, for your honest, heartfelt storytelling, and just your authenticity is really refreshing and lovely. Okay. Well, thank you, Jessica. I hope you are so encouraged after listening to this episode. I'm happy to share that Jessica had her baby at the end of April, a healthy baby boy who she named Hollis Lewiston. As Jessica mentioned, the Lover Lewiston Foundation has been working with the Alberta Children's Hospital to begin screening newborns for SMA. This spring, a pilot project was approved with Lover Lewiston funding half of the project's $500,000 cost. Screening will take place in Calgary and Edmonton over the next three years, a meaningful change that can save lives. Also exciting, the Love for Lewiston Foundation has raised more than $175,000 so far this year. If you would like to connect with Jessica, purchase Love for Lewiston apparel, or contribute to the foundation, please visit the links in the show notes. Also in the show notes is links to my blog post on this conversation, as well as where to share questions and feedback. We love staying connected with you through our website, womendontdothat.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of Women Don't Do That.